welcome to More Than Myths. Welcome to More Than Myths. Welcome to the show where we sing. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> We're Corin sings. <laughs> and I just All stand back and let her. <laughs> um, no, we talk about everything that we want to talk about. That's mythical and spooky and wondrous, I guess. And history. We talk and about history. a lot of history and science. You know, we get into shit. I love we it. We do. Many. I was going to say many. many <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> many a shit. Many types. I was going to say many types of shit, but that's not good. <laughs> no, no. That's not um, good. But yeah, welcome. I wasn't yeah. sure if this episode was going to happen because if you would have told me I was recording, well, I knew I was recording, but if you would have told me I would have had a full, like, Three or four pages of research at three o'clock this afternoon, I wouldn't have believed you. You would have laughed. I was ha. like, ha, ha. Yeah, right. I was like, me? it's going to be a 10 minute episode <laughs> for me today. And actually, I was really impressed with what I was able to gather. Well, way to go, yo. Way to no. go. I do my best. What are you doing? was your talking, weekend like talk, talking to you i'm talking to you how was my weekend what did i do um really honestly not too much i went to um my brother-in-law's and my sister's-in-law's gym because mm-hmm. they had their first iron man competition yesterday and so there cool. was it was crazy what those guys do gals guys gals everyone at the gym does because you have to um you have to grapple with everybody you have to roll with everybody i think Mm -hmm. twice before you get your new belt and there's a lot of people there yeah it's crazy it was fun to watch yeah Uh, but i was also tired like i didn't even do anything i was like god damn you guys are buff tough so buff so tough so buff and so tough yeah yeah, that's, I really need to get into idea. that myself. I say it You'd every time it. you bring it up. You'd love it. I'm every sure time. of it. I am sure of it. But other than how do you that... spell? How do you? <laughs> Go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? Nope. How I'm do gonna you ask sleep? you in a second, but I'm gonna let you finish before I'm an interrupting asshole. You're <laughs> all right, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. I was going to say anything. What are you going to ask me? Well, I was going to ask how do you spell cloak because I see that it's spelled wrong on my list and I tried to respell it and it was clock. So how the fuck do you spell cloak? C-L-O-A-K? A. Fucking A's. Yeah, that's there we go. <laughs> I saw a thing that was like, I'm going to be as useful as the as the letter G in lasagna. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? That's, yeah. <laughs> Those hidden letters. I'm like, what are you doing there? Why? Why? Why do you have to make it so complicated? Yeah. Yesterday was chill for me. Um, Primmy was not feeling well. And she was like puking all day, which ended up being fine. I think if she just ate something. Um, mm. But like I have to be with her the whole time because she yeah. can't get herself to the toilet. And I need like or hold a bowl. Yeah. Know, TMI. Sorry, guys. Um. So I was like, it was like exhausting, but I was also sitting all day. Right. So, which is kind of like, it's hard on your body to mm-hmm. do that. Right. But she, she literally like wouldn't let me no, walk away from her. needed you. Yeah. All day. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know. So that's what I ended up doing. But I ended up finishing my book, one of them, and then um, started the second. So that was good. Nice. Yeah, I I kept trying to read the one book that I started and I couldn't get into it, so it's getting donated because I can't. So what I started uh, the Shadow of the Gods. It's really, I mean, I'm sure the idea is, sure the book is great, but it's 
um, based a lot around like Viking and Norse mythology, mm-hmm. which I thought, oh, that's interesting. I can't get it's so slow. Mm-hmm. It's so slow. And there's so many words that I don't know what they mean. And he uses all of the like lingo for their weapons and stuff. So I was looking up shit and I was like, oh, so this is just a fancy word for like a sea axe. Yeah, no, that's a dagger. I have oh. no idea. Yeah, so I just got frustrated and put it away and started a new book. <laughs> You're like, nope, come on, nope. Mm-mm. Not doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's getting donated and then I'll find something else. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I um finished two books this week, actually. What? I know. I'm on a roll. Way to go, yo. No. I feel like I'm in a reading slump. Yeah, but a reading slump for you is still like four bucks a week, right? <laughs> I wish I had time to read four books a week. That'd be fucking amazing. I know the pe- the people who are like read two books a day or whatever. I read twenty books this month. I'm like, get out of my face. Get no, out of there's here. ones. There are people who are like, oh yeah, I got through fifty two books. I'm like, what the hell what do the you hell do? Doing? Right? Like, can you tell me how you survive that way? Because I'm down. They must be paid to do it. You must be able to get a job as a paid reader. Oh my god, sign me. Would up. you do that? Fuck yeah. Are you kidding me? Is that yeah. A- Hell yeah. No, I'm not kidding you. I think Hell you'd yeah, be fabulous at being a paid I, reader. I would do that gladly. Right. Um, have you seen About Time? Mm-mm. Is it a show? Movie? It's a movie. Mm-mm. And it's perfect. So you need to watch it. But there's a there's a part in it. And he's like, what do you do? She's like, oh, I, I'm a reader. I read for a living. And he's like, what? That's like being paid to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess like, they're like editors. They get paid to read books. Right. Right. But and a book so they reviewer? get to just be. Yeah. They, she just got to read. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So anyway, it's a, a movie. So I don't know. But. <laughs> You can do it. I'll watch that after you watch The Lighthouse. Uh, I think you're, I think you get the better end of the deal. Absolutely not. You do. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You're on. Let's see who who had the better, the better movie rec for the other. We'll report next week. We have homework. I'm, I'm betting you on this one. I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna win. All right. I'm guessing. You're wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. 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 You ready? So ready. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's see how much of this I can get through. Let's just see. All right. Last time we talked about the Popol Vuh and the first part of that, which is the creation myth from the Kiche Maya people. So I'm going to try to get into a little bit more of that. And um, the next story that it goes into is um, the tale of Seven Macaw and the Hero Twins. Awesome. So where we left. Oh, yeah. Really quick. Sure. I loved in our deck last week uh, on Instagram, Haley put together uh, like different names and what they meant. So if you had a hard time following along with who people were or anything like that, it's a really good reference because oh, it was thanks. really nice to see it like yeah. and how it was written out because the way you say it and the way it looks are really totally different. different. So yeah, I just wanted to a give you props because it was oh, really thanks. helpful, and b direct people to that because it was you might be like, oh, who's Heart of Sky again, and what yeah. does that mean again? You know, yeah. So check it out. All right. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You may thanks. continue. Okay, and I'll try. I mean, if you have questions, just ask me, and I can try to remind you. Hopefully I get it right because there's a lot more names. A lot more salad coming our way. (laughs) Salad? Full mouth salad. 
Oh yeah, that's right. I was like, I know there's a joke here that we talked about, but I can't remember it. <laughs> this is a lot going on. We have a lot of jokes. Podcasting yeah, otherwise. So yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so where we left off last time, the wood people had been destroyed in a flood. But at this point in the story, it's before that. The the authors kind of take a step back and they kind of set up what needs to happen for humanity to be created and brought to the earth. Um, so there is, he's depicted always as a macaw. I don't know if he's a wood. I, I think he's just a macaw. So, okay. but his name is seven macaw and he declares himself to be the bright sun to the wood people. Um, he's really prideful. He's really kind of full of himself mm -hmm. and he says i am great uh, i dwell <laughs> yeah. okay i am great i am great <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna write that on my my mirror like i dash seven macaw <laughs> dash seven macaw i dwell <laughs> above the heads of the people who have been framed and shaped i am their sun i am also their light i am also their moon then be it so Great is my brightness. By the brilliance of my silver and gold, I light the walkways and pathways of my people. Sorry, of the people. My bad. My eyes sparkle with glittering blue-green jewels. My teeth as well are jade stones, as brilliant as the face of the sky. So the Maya would actually decorate their teeth with mm -hmm. stones to kind of symbolize their power and prestige. And... So he has jade teeth too. Um, okay. So he says, this, my beak shines brightly into the distance like the moon. My throne is gold and silver. When I go forth from my throne, I brighten the face of the earth. Thus, I am the sun. I am the moon as well for those who are born in the light, those who are begotten in the light. Then be it so. My vision reaches far. Okay. So he's not only full of himself, which... Throughout the Popol Vuh, um, pride and boastfulness is repeatedly described as kind of like forbidden or evil. You don't okay. want to. You don't want to be prideful. Okay. Um, and those that are prideful or boastful are severely punished by Heart of Sky. Mm. So he sees himself as the means of marking the passage of time, which calendars are also really vital to the Maya culture. Mm -hmm. And um, so he's not really a god. But his plumage is so beautiful. I mean, you've seen a macaw. They're gorgeous yeah. birds. So he he's thinking, you know, I'm the most important thing. And the gods are like, but we're trying to create people to worship us, not you. Right. <laughs> and so enter the hero twins, Hunapu and Shibalanke. So they are gods. They're grandsons of Shmukane and Shpiakak. And they see seven macaw in all of his pride and glory and his beautiful feathers. And they're like, ooh, this is not good. People are never going to be able to live here on the face of the earth. So let's shoot him with our blowguns. Ooh. When he flies over to get his food, we'll shoot him. So after receiving Heart of Sky's blessing and instructions on what they should do, they shoulder their blowguns and they head out to shoot and take care of seven macaw. So seven macaw has two sons. Zapakna and Kabrakan. Hopefully I'm pronouncing those right. The first okay. one I know. The second one I'm not quite sure about. Um, his sons are also pretty prideful. Um, Zapakna sees himself as the maker of mountains and earth and is often depicted as a caiman or a crocodile. And mm -hmm. Kabrakan sees himself as the destroyer of mountains, a.k.a. earthquakes. Ooh. So Seven Macaw cries out, this is what I am. I am the sun. Zapakna yells out, this is what I am. I am the maker of the earth. Kabrakan yells out, and I am the one who fells the sky and causes the earth to tumble down. So Hunapu and Shibalanke see all this, and they see the evil that's in them before the first people are even created. And because humans can't be created when only gold and silver are glory instead of the gods, they're, they're coming for him. Mm-hmm. So every day, Seven Macaw would go to this great Nance tree, which is just a, tr a fruit that's the size of a cherry. And he goes to the top of the tree and he knocks some of this fruit down and he's eating it when he's spotted by Hunapu and Shibalanke. 
So they know that every day he comes back and eats this fruit. This is his meal. So they hide in the leaves and they wait for seven macaw. And one of the days as he's eating, Hunapu shoots seven macaw right in the jaw, knocking him out of the tree. Hunapu runs over to him and he goes to grab him, but seven macaw fights back and he grabs his arm and he bites, biting his arm. And as they're fighting, seven macaw wrenches his arm back, bending it backwards at the shoulder until his arm like snaps off. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So seven macaw flies away. He flies home with Hunapu's arm in one claw and his own jaw in the other claw. (gasps) And he gets home and his wife's like, well, what do you have there? (laughs) And so... (laughs) What'd you bring home, dear? What, what'd you bring home? What you got? Oh Seven Macaw replies, two rascals shot me. My jaw's dislocated and, my, and now my teeth are causing me a lot of pain. But I got one of their arms and I'm going to hang it over our fireplace. <laughs> it's just going to hang there until they come back. They truly are demons. And he hangs the arm up over the fireplace. Wow. So it's really cool in the translation. It might actually be talking about how um, macaws beaks, how they have that big bend in them. Mm -hmm. And they also have their lower beak is so much smaller than their larger beak. Yeah. So it might be an explanation for why it's shaped like that, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. So Hunapu, less one arm. And Shibalanke go to their grandparents, Shmukane and Shbiakok, and they say, we need your help getting Hunapu's arm back from Seven Macaw. We'll just follow along behind you. You go to his house and you talk to him and tell them that you're our pa- that we're with you because our parents are dead and you take pity on us and you let us follow you around. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you'll help him by removing worms, that your job is basically to remove worms from teeth. That's what you do. That's your profession. Mm-hmm. And Seven Macaw will just see us as children, we'll play, and he's he's not going to know that we're the ones that shot his jaw off. Right. Okay. So the grandparents agree, and they leave. They all and these leave. These are the gods, to, right? These are the gods. The, these the are the grandparents. Right. right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so they they all leave. The four of them leave, and they go to Seven Macaw's house. And he's seated on his throne and the twins stay outside and they're playing and the grandparents go inside and inside seven macaw is crying because he's in so much pain from his teeth. And when he sees Shpiakok and Shmukane, he asks them, where are you from? But the you is like, it's kind of not, I can't remember how he used it, but it's. So when they respond to him, they use thou Lord, which is like signifying royalty. And you is like between you and me, like we're not royalty. Right. You know what I mean? So he's like, where are you from? And they, they said, we're just out making a living thou Lord. And so they're kind of like pretending that they recognize his quote unquote high status Mm -hmm. all the while. They're the grandparents of all the gods. (laughs) Right. So Seven Macaw asks, how do you make your living? Aren't those your kids that are playing outside? And they said, they're not. They're our grandsons. But surely we take pity on them and give them our scraps. So Seven Macaw is in so much pain. It says that he was nearly finished off because of the pain in his teeth. So I don't know if that means he was going to pass out or if he was actually going to die. Right. Sure. So anyway, with a lot of effort, he says to them, I beg you, take pity on me. What medicines can you make? What With what medicines would you cure? And they respond and they say, we would merely remove worms from teeth, cure eye ailments, and set bones. So he's like, very well, cure my teeth. They ache constantly and I can no longer bear it. I can't sleep. The same goes for my eyes. Two demons shot me with a blowgun. And since then, I have not been able to eat because of it. Take pity on me because my jaw and my teeth cause me anguish. So very well, thou Lord. It is a worm that's causing the pain. Your teeth are going to have to come out. Seven Macaw's like, oh, hang on a minute. Is it not a good thing that my teeth come out? Is it perhaps, let me do that again. So Seven Macaw hesitates and says, it is perhaps not a good thing that my teeth come out, for it is only because of them that I am Lord. My teeth along with my eyes are my finery. And they're like, 
It's okay. We'll replace them with this ground bone. Oh. Please, very well. Take them out. Please help me. I'm in so much pain. Out come his teeth. And in their place, they put in white maize kernels. It's not the stone that they promised or the bone that they promised. And immediately his face changes and falls. He no longer appears as a lord. <laughs> so then they move to his eyes and his eyes are plucked, which, again, I don't know that that means that they're plucked out. But if you've seen a macaw, they have big white marks around their eyes and their eyes are really little. <laughs> so that also might kind of symbolize that something was taken away, kind of mm -hmm. like how you'd pluck chicken, kind of. Yeah. Um, but he, so they pluck his eyes, removing the precious metal from them. And he doesn't feel any pain. He's just kind of staring. And all of his pride was completely taken away, according to the plan set up by Hunapu and Shablanke. So after this, shortly after, he actually dies because oh. he, he just realizes, like, I'm not a lord anymore. And he is probably really sun. bad and just dies. Yeah. Right. So Hunapu is able to get his arm back. And now the boys turn their attention to Seven Macaw's first son, Zapakna, because he's also full of pride. So one of the days, Zapakna is bathing in the river. And as he's bathing, there passes by 400 boys. And they're dragging this huge tree with them that they're going to use as the lintel in their house. So for the Maya, the lintel of the structure is ritually significant. So the world is conceived by the Maya as a great house. Um, its corners being the four cardinal points, its roof, the sky, and the foundation is the underworld. So the lintel represents the principal access point of the interior of the home. And it was often decorated really beautifully and ornately. And so some something... Sometimes they were seen as being endowed. Oh, sorry. Sometimes they were seen as being endowed with great power, especially in the homes of spiritual leaders. So Zapakna goes up to these boys and he's like, what are you doing? And they tell him that the tree is too big for them all to lift, even though there's 400 of them. And they can't. They're trying to drag it to their house. And Zapakna's like, well, I'll carry it for you. Where does it tell me where it goes? And I'll help you. And so they tell him it's for the lintel for our hut. So Zapakna's like, no problem. He picks the tree, he picks this tree up and carries it Whoa. to their hut. Yeah. Okay. The sacred, the sacred thing he just picks up and takes it to their home. And so him picking up this wooden beam might indicate that he's kind of taking on the power of the sacred access point without authority from Heart of Sky. Mm. So bad all around. It's not. He's trying to be helpful. But he's abusing his power. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They ask him, the boys ask the Pachna to stay with them, asking them if he has a mother or father, and he sadly replies, there's no one. So they tell him, help us stay, and tomorrow there's going to be another tree that we'll find to be supporting me for our hut. So he agrees, and the 400 boys decide to make a plan. And the boy says, this guy, what are we going to do with him? They, they kind of talk amongst themselves and they like, we'll kill him. It's not good what he, it's not good what he did. Just lifting the tree all by himself. So let's dig a great big hole. And then we'll, we'll tell him that we need help with the hole and we'll abandon him. We'll tell him, go, go dig out this earth from the bottom of this hole. And when he's bent over in the hole, we're just going to hurl this great big tree on top of him and he'll die. So they all agree. Solid plan. Solid plan. So they all agree. They dig this big hole. And in the morning, they send for Zipakna. And they're like, hey, can you help us dig this a little bit deeper? Because we're, we're not able to do it. We can't get down there. So he's like, sure, no problem. So he goes in there. And the boys tell him, hey, you know, when you're finished digging and you've gone down deep enough, just call out to us and we'll help you. But what the boys didn't know is that Zapakna had heard their whole plan. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so he knows that the boys are planning to kill him by throwing this big tree. So he's digging this hole. And off of the main hole, he digs like a side hole, like a side mm -hmm. branch. 
escape room. So he's he's really far down there and he calls back out to the boys that he's dug down really far. And he's like, when you call back to me, your voices are just echoes. And so the boys drag the tree over to the hole and they throw it down. And they're like, he's no more. We crushed him. He doesn't speak. When he cries out, we'll know that he'll be dead. So he cries out and then all goes quiet. And the boys are patting themselves on the back really proud of themselves like congratulations we, we get did this it. dude <laughs> we did it we're fucking great so smart yeah and Just so not good whispers not good at whispers <laughs> so Zapakna's obviously alive and he's listening to them and they're talking amongst themselves and they're like we'll wait because the ants are going to come and they're going to eat his decomposing body and then we'll know for sure that he's really dead so a couple days go by and they see ants crawling around with bits of hair and fingernails. And they're like, oh, look, for sure. He's dead for sure. Zipakna gave them his hair and his fingernails. Uh-huh. <laughs> so on the third day, they start to drink and they all get wasted because <laughs> uh-huh. they're congratulating themselves on what a good job they've done. <laughs> and on the fourth day, Zipakna climbs out of this hole. And he collapses their entire hut down on all 400 boys <gasps> and kills all of them. It is said that they became the constellation known as the Pallades. Stop. <laughs> but perhaps. Holy is, shit. No. But, per, but perhaps this is merely a fable. In the Popol Vuh, it says that it's possible the 400 boys became the Pallades. <laughs> Isn't it crazy okay. that every culture comes back to that constellation? I mean, any constellation, but this one in particular, we have three references. Like, not even related to anything. We're in Maya. To- we're nope. in Native American, which, right. uh, like, they're all on, on the same continent, but their stories are vastly it's, different. And how many years apart? Right. Holy shit balls. <laughs> I knew you were going to love that. I know I was oh. reading it and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> More than myths, sponsored by the Pallades. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably where we're from. Probably. We're probably you at the Pallades. At you least at me. Least. <laughs> All right. Jesus, so that's wild. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so don't think that Hunapu and Shibalanke have forgotten about Zapakna. They haven't. No. And they're even more mad now because he's For killed real? 400 boys. Yep. So every day Zapakna is wandering around and he's looking for food on the rivers. He's finding fish and crabs and Hunapu decides that they're going to give him a great big crab. And so they use these bromeliad flowers for claws for the shell. They use a hollowed out stone and they take this fake crab and they put it at the bottom of a cave below a great mountain. They go looking for Zapakna and they find him near the river and they ask him, like, what are you doing? And he or where are you going? And Zapakna replies, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just looking for something to eat. He's like, well, what are you looking for? He's like, well, crabs and fish, but I haven't found anything yet. It's been two days since I've eaten and I'm starving. And Putin and Shibalanke are like, you are? <laughs> You're, oh, really? <laughs> really? There's a crab that we saw. It's in this canyon below a mountain. It's huge. Like, why don't you go try to, why don't you go try to kill it and catch it? Like, go try your luck. Perhaps she'll be able to eat it. It almost got us. We tried to get it, but it tried to bite us. So we're afraid of it. But you seem brave. So maybe you can go. (laughs) (laughs) So Zapakna's like, take pity on me. Will you guide me there? And they're like, oh, no, we don't want to do that. No, oh, no, no. Just go along by yourself. There's no way you can get lost if you follow the river. You can't miss it. Zapakna begs them and they finally agree. So they all head back into the canyon where the crab is. And Zapakna is so hungry that he just wants to eat this thing. So when they get to the cave, he crawls in head first on his stomach. But like the crab's in there and it climbs up higher on the mountain he's on his tummy so he can't like use his arms to get the crab so he crawls back out and they're like try to go back in on your on your back because then you can use your arms to try to grab it 
So he goes back in there and he goes all the way back until the only thing that you can see are his kneecaps. And the mountain settles down on top of him and he becomes part of the mountain. Yeah. And this is how Hunapu and Shibalanke defeated the first son of Seven Macaw. My God. Yeah. Pretty savage to have a mountain come down on him or have was him turn into crab? stone. It was fake. It was a okay. fake crab. I don't know how they made it. I don't know how they made it move because it was stone. Magic, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, it's probably a question you just don't ask and it's just part of the. It's just, it, just shut up and listen to the story. Kind of. I think All right. so. All right. All right. So, um, Heart of Sky, Youngest Thunderbolt, and Sudden. Sudden Thunderbolt come and speak to Hunapu and Shibalanke, and they're like, good job. One sun down, now you have to go defeat the second sun. So Hunapu and Shibalanke find Kabrakan, and they ask him where he's going. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. I am a feller of mountains. I will wreck them as long as there is sun and light. A.K.A. forever. Mm. <laughs> so he's like, where are you two from? I don't think we've met before. What are your names? And the twins reply, we don't have names. We're just out blow gunning and trapping in the mountains. But we did see one mountain that kept growing and growing way above the peaks of all the other mountains. We can't catch anything on it. And Cobracon kind of gets this twinkle in his eye and he's like, you don't say there's a huge mountain that keeps growing. Like, interesting. Where is it? And like, yeah. it's in the east where the sun rises. So he's like, will you show me where it is? And they say, no, just come and take the middle place in between us. And, and if there's any birds on our journey, then we'll shoot them. So they're walking and they shoot a couple birds. And they stop for the night and the twins make a fire. And one of the birds, without Cobracon seeing, they cover it in quicklime. I don't know what that is. Okay. I'm assuming quicklime. Yeah, I don't know what it is. We'll have to myth, myth check that one. Um, so they're talking amongst themselves and they're like, we'll give this to him because he's going to be so hungry and he is going to smell this bird that we're cooking and he's going to be defeated. He's not going to be able to handle his hunger. But we put earth on its skin. We'll cook it in the earth. And in the same way, therefore, he will himself be buried in the earth because he's going to eat it and the earth's going to be inside of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they're cooking the bird, sure enough, Cobracon comes over because he's so hungry and it smells so good. And he's like, will you please give me just a bite? And they're like, you can have the whole bird. So they give him this bird covered in quicklime. And as he eats it, he starts to kind of get weaker, tired yeah. on their journey. He gets more weak, more tired. And he can no longer do anything to the mountains. So they stop, tie him up, they they dig a hole, they throw him in the hole, they cover him up. And this is how the second the second son of Seven Macaw was defeated by Hunapu and Shibalanke with a poison chicken. (laughs) Poison chicken. I mean, kind of, yeah. right? I mean, I don't think you have to shoot a chicken out of the sky, but you know, Mm-mm. who knows? Mm-mm. Yeah, well, I don't even know. Um, at this point in the Popovu, it jumps again backwards in time. And next time, we'll talk about the hero twin's father, who is actually also a twin. Ooh. There's lots of twins, and his name is One Hunapu, and his his brother's name is Seven Hunapu. So I will tell you their story next time. Ooh, okay, sounds good. Ooh, ooh. I fucking love this. I'm ne- like, I love, I love learning about new shit. <laughs> <laughs> I say that every time, but it's true. I'm glad you're enjoying it. That makes my heart really happy. I am. So. I've been looking at pictures. <laughs> as you like because i'm so visual so anytime you tell me something i'm like okay me gotta look it up and go find pictures of it yeah and so i was looking up like seven macaw and 
yeah uh, the hero twins kind of thing uh-huh well so i'd seen a thing too uh i don't know where i saw it but the um road to el dorado the two guys mm-hmm. they're they i saw a thing that said that it was based on shibalanke and hunapu oh yeah so i don't know oh if that's actually real yeah i look, haven't this is I'd, like what's in the freaking movie this is what's on the I'd, rock yeah so that's kind of who it was based on. I don't know that I've ever seen the entire Road to El Dorado. And if I have, it's been a really long time. Um, what? Oh, sorry. You're looking at me like I'm. What? I, you haven't watched gotcha. all of it? I don't think so. I may have, <gasps> but it's been a f- quite a few years. It's been quite a few years. He but gave I, me loaded dice. He gave oh me no. loaded dice. Oh my gosh. Is that really a thing? Yeah. Because in the next part, they like to play dice and ball games. That's in this movie. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you haven't seen that movie. It's like it's been a long time. Oh God, it's so good. It's like it came out around the same time the Emperor's New Groove did. Oh, okay. So did it kind it's... of get overshadowed, or? I don't know. It wasn't a, like we own the DVD, so it was a staple in our house. I'll have to watch it because the the Emperor's New Groove is my jam. I love that movie. <laughs> I was just watching it the other day with Primmy, and I was like, literally <laughs> saying every line with Isma. Demon Lama, Demon Lama, and I was just like, I know way too much of this. Mm-hmm. Way, 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 it's way too classic. much of this. It's so and good though. Like the whole when the squirrel is telling on him. <laughs> it's just so good. It is so good. Angry. Um, you guys should be good and drunk by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sip. 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 Um, okay. Sip. Sip. I get wasted on water yeah i got a watermelon waterloo so i just have ice water so boring but i it is good it is good good. but i like um yeah okay are you ready Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this. Yay! <laughs> Tell me. I also want one. Um, today we're going to talk about brownies. <laughs> have you heard of brownies? I have. Okay. Um. So first of all, what the heck is a brownie? So I'm actually reading a book right now. And it's a book I finished last night called friends with the monsters and the main character's best friend is a brownie Mm. and i was like and so i had never heard of one Mm -hmm. like used as brownie and so i was like what the hell is it um so that's kind of where i started and i was like it sounded like the way it was written in the book was like it was some kind of mini fae Mm. but i didn't other than that it doesn't really give much detail Mm -hmm. um so i decided to look into it today Hold on. I get really lispy and I don't like it. Um, and it turns out they're pretty much house elves. Ah! <laughs> um, so <laughs> there are different house elves, but we'll kind of go down that in a minute. But they have a few different names. So brownies or brunies. Um, and then in Gaelic, it's Urisk or Urusik. Ooh. Yeah. So um, a brownie is essentially a type of house elf, and they can vary depending on what kind of fairy they are and or like the region they're located. So there are some brownies or different variations of a brownie that are specifically kind of outside and you wouldn't find them at your house, but maybe they work 
on a farm or okay you know that kind of they're gotcha. more an outdoory sure. kind of helper mm-hmm. um, and then there's some that are more indoorsy so oh my gosh brownies and overalls sorry <laughs> yeah seriously i can't wait for the art you can find on these because they're so <laughs> fucking cute in the in the ugliest little way i love them. <laughs> Um, so brownie folklore actually hails from northern England and Scotland. Um, and they're always portrayed as intelligent beings um mm-hmm. who seek out deserving people. Oh. Um, so what does a brownie look like? Generally, they're one to two feet tall and usually male. I have this highlighted in red because I read that a few places, but I want to double check it in mistakes. Because um, gotcha. I, I couldn't find anything that differed from that, but mm-hmm. um, I just want to double check it. And so they're said to be hairy all over and generally naked. Sometimes they will wear rags and other garments to cover, but never clothes. Um, they're also said to have the ability to go invisible. So with that, they're generally scruffy. like that was my favorite way to read them like they're Uh generally scruffy so their nose or their ears have will have hair poking out in all directions oh my gosh you know so there's like they're fuzzy in spots (laughs) and they're i always saw that their face was kind of naked though you know Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like they're a furry creature altogether they're definitely like hairy and yeah that hair would grow so Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh, do you want to have a brownie in your house? The short answer is absolutely you do. <laughs> <laughs> the long answer is yes, but you need to be careful not to offend them. So, oh, oh no, I have my like scroll turned way up, and so it just jumps really far. Uh, first of all, they clean while you sleep. Oh, how helpful! I said, "Yep, you heard that right." <laughs> You take a snooze and they do all your chores. Um, So, and they're also even tempered. They're benevolent spirits. Oh. They're just, they're just happy. Yeah. Um, uh, They'll finish any chores that you have left unfinished and put your house back together in general order. They will also do your cooking. And so, like, you might wake up to, like, a fresh batch of muffins. (laughs) Ah. Just like move in. <laughs> I would die. Please, yes. Um, so they generally like to live in a small nook or cranny or on a high shelf. Um, they okay. like this because they actually sleep during the day. Mm-hmm. And so they like kind of a warm, dark, cozy space to mm-hmm. be safe and comfy and protected from the sun and they like to stay hidden they don't like to be seen by whoever's home or like whoever lives in the home that kind of Mm -hmm. thing Uh, but they do like a very equal relationship so um you never want to thank your brownie directly for all their hard work because um one thing about them is that they're very they're offended very easily okay um and Take offense to things that you would think you aren't being, like, mean about or – Yeah. You wouldn't think it would offend them, but it does. So, um, the – oh, and once they have been offended, they'll leave your home and never return, which sucks for you. Yeah, it does. So, you're – you – you – what – Oh, I was going to ask, like, do they then tell their friends, like, oh, this person offended me and you'll never get another brownie again? You know, I didn't I didn't find much about their interaction with other brownies. Gotcha. Um, but I'll check and find out if Just they, like, have – because the where I was saying is, like, they mostly live in one space, mm-hmm. right, at a time. And if they leave, they'll move on to the, another space. Gotcha. So I don't know if they um, have any, like – Communication boards. Communi- communities. Yeah. Interesting. Because what happens if they go to a house that's like deserving, but someone's already, some brownie's already there? Yeah, I think they would just move move on to move the next. Move on to the next yeah. house. It didn't sound like they would live with more than, than one. one there. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
So how do you thank them without offending them? You can leave out gifts of bread, honey, treats, and a lot of things talked about, like a saucer of cream or milk. Um, and then you would just say out in the room, like, this is for anyone who might want it. You don't need to take it, but I hope anybody who would like it will enjoy it, you know? Um, <laughs> so it's it's not like for you, right? It's yeah. not for my little brownie. It's like, this is because they don't want to be patronized they or don't like, have, yeah, acknowledged. Yeah. They just want to be part of the family. Like, yeah. So you don't leave out a special gift for a family member. You just feed everybody at the table, right? Sure. Yeah. So it's like they just want to be fed. They just want to be thought of. So I was like, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so this will make them feel like you are sharing and it's equal, not special. Gotcha. Um, Vokor says to never leave a brownie clothing because they will take it and then leave forever. So oh. Dobby vibes. Gotcha. So some of that kind of background. Okay. Um, but it's also very good luck to have a brownie in your house and super house helpful, as we've talked about, to have a brownie around. So always avoid giving gifts of clothes. Always. Uh, brownies will also leave your home if the food or offerings of other gifts stop. So if you were really good about oh. it at first, but then you got used to what they were doing and mm -hmm. whatnot, um, they'll feel like you're taking advantage of their help and leave. Oh. So, um, and it's also, they'll take, they'll be upset if you're doing it as a form of payment. So. Oh, Okay they'll take like if you're like oh you did all this work here's your wage they're not working yeah. for you they're helping cream, out yeah right? so gotcha. it's like it's best to be thoughtful instead of feeling like it's a form of payment so gotcha it's like okay. oh i think my brownie would like this yeah it's just like, they want kindness yeah they're not there Easy. to serve right, right? they're just helpful so, yeah so i have two stories from scotland.com or no Stories from scotlandstories.com. There we go. Um, the first one is the brownie of Bodespec Farm. Um, so this farm was flourishing and doing very well. And they had a brownie who helped to complete their chores when they were not done the day before. The farm eventually grew quite rich for the area and they were very well known. The farmer, farmer was grateful for the work of their brownie decided to leave him lots of gold one night for all of his hard work. And you'd think that would go over well, but however, it backfired. Mm -mm. And the brownie was offended. He took what he needed and why, like, he only took what he needed when they would yeah. leave out offerings. Like, why would, and he never took all of the things they left for him. So why would the mm. farmer feel like he would need something like that? He has never needed or asked for a wage. Mm -hmm. um, so the Barney, the brownie left the farm and the, it slowly fell out of favor and they <gasps> weren't doing very well anymore. And uh -huh. it kind of went back in, into a slump. Um, oh, no. All the while the farm up the road started to thrive. Oh, so that's the first one. Next one is the brownie of Fern Den. Um, this brownie had a wonderful relationship with the owners of the farm. However, the other workers that were on the farm um, got kind of offended by the work that he did because he made them look bad. So they would take stories back to their village saying that the brownie was very scary and to be feared. Um, oh. so everybody in town believes that these brownie, this brownie is scary and they shouldn't go near his, where he dwells. Mm -hmm. Um, so instead of living in the, in the home, this brownie actually lives in Fern Den, which is just a ferny grove outside of like the forest near the farm. So mm -hmm. he can get to the farm quickly, but he doesn't actually live on the farm. Um, and his location is the fastest way to the village. So you could walk directly through Fern Den and you'd go, you'd make the village. However, mm. if you walk around, it's much longer, but you can avoid going through the brownies home altogether. So mm. this is what okay. the villagers would do. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't disturb him. 
Yeah. And like as these stories get passed on and passed on, that he's like not a good guy or not a good <gasps> little creature. Yeah. So they're like, no, 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 no. Um, so the farmer's wife ended up getting sick one night and the, har- the farmer needed to stay with her and he needed someone to ride into town to get the healer because he mm-hmm. was worried she wasn't going to make it through the night. Sure. Um, and so he was like, I can't leave her. I need somebody to do it. The villagers bickering on who is going to go because they needed to take the horse through Ferndon to get to the village because it was the mm-hmm. fastest way to go there. And mm-hmm. they were just fighting. And the brownie was listening outside and he was like, no, why are they fighting? This is stupid. So yeah. he steals or he borrows the farmer's cloak and hat and the mm-hmm. horse and puts a big hat on so he <laughs> looks bigger right. and rides to town um, and gets a healer. And the healer is surprised by like how short this man is. And so uh-huh. he's like, I need you to come with me immediately. Somebody's in trouble. He puts a healer on the horse with him and they ride through. And she's like, no, you can't go into Ferndon. It's the home of the brownie we can't go in there like it's fearsome and he's like i promise you have nothing to be scared of um or there's nothing scarier than me in the in there <laughs> and so he's riding through and he gets to the house <laughs> and as he's like pulling up to the house on the horse his hat flies off and she's startled she's like oh my god and he's like he's like she's like what are you doing he's like i don't you don't need to say anything but tell them that it was me who brought you here. Uh-huh. And that was it. And she went in. That's the Aww. end of the story. I was like, but what happened? But what happened? <laughs> so I was like, okay. Was she but he, right? you know, he he wanted to show everybody that he's the brownie's a good guy and right, not, he's good. It's not like you don't need to say anything, just tell them it was the brownie of Fern Dead. Oh. Um, yeah. So it was like, okay. Now we're going to jump to some witch trials and mm-hmm. our Protestant agendas. Our favorite. Ugh. Um, so first, immigrants from Scotland were thought to have brought brownies with them when they moved to the Americas. Um, oh. And brownies started showing up in their homes in the Americas as well. So in mm. like um, New England, Canada areas. Mm-hmm. So with that, you know, those stories come over and then they start getting passed along. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a reminder about the witch trials that it wasn't just the Salem witch trials. It's Europe, England, the Americas, you know, it's happening all over. All over. Um, so through the 15th to 18th centuries, um, we're about eradicating witches. And more so than witches, it was eradicating um, and removing folklore from being perpetuated. So, mm-hmm. um, and this was at the top of the list of the religious leaders of their areas because those stories that came from pagan backgrounds or Celtic backgrounds, you know, went against what they were trying to teach everybody. It's um, a big threat. Right. And they get, and a lot of things get renamed and, mm-hmm. you know, in the name of God and Jesus and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then there are things that were good and helpful that mm-hmm. were renamed to be devils. So yeah. um these stories of brownies get of these generally really cute and helpful creatures get turned into small devils. Mm. Um, so you couldn't keep your house too clean because that oh, meant God. you kept kept them as company or you took oh. care of your brownie, which is now being put in the light as you are getting help from a small devil or from Satan. Hence why Brown. Oh, and then, um, hence why I like, they didn't brain. Come on. Brain. I'm glitching. (laughs) (laughs) So then it was like, you, you could do no good. Right. No. Right. They decided what they were gonna make the you to be a witch. You were a witch, no matter what. If your house so, is too clean, you're a witch. Yeah. So be, you're keeping so company with the devil. So yeah. Um, <sighs> so another way to get rid of a brownie forever is trying to baptize them. Um, 
and this and this is why is because they were just being eradicated left and right and so holy cow like, yeah you could get baptized and stay and they're like fuck you no <laughs> bye <laughs> fuck you no <laughs> <laughs> ah <laughs> I don't know why the scene from Macho Libre. Oh my god, You have not been baptized? No, I'm an atheist. <laughs> I believe in science. Yes. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Uh, that's my favorite. Oh, I, that's so good. You can't get enough of Jack Black. He's it's too he's too much. Oh man, much. That, that movie. Give me no evil powers. Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay. I know you're good. Uh, um oh yeah, drink again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're just sure. helping you guys out. <laughs> yeah. Um Houses that are abandoned with their brownie still living in them result in a brownie feeling forgotten and the house will fall into despair. Oh, um, getting dirty and starting to fall apart. Yeah. So be sure if you move to invite your brownie to come with you so they don't feel forgotten. Your friend yeah. joins you in your new home. Oh, um, neglected brownies can actually turn malevolent and mischievous. Oh. Um, the activities of a rogue brownie are generally matched with those of a poltergeist. I don't like that. Yeah. So they will throw objects across the room, slam doors, um, and just cause general mischief for the homeowner. So some people think that poltergeists are actually brownies that have been wronged. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So... That's what I have for you today on brownies. I, I was like, love that. Oh, okay. It was a good amount. I was like, that wasn't a lot, but. No, it was perfect. Yeah. They're just cute little bakers. Little hairy bakers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, how do I get one? And make sure that he feels loved and cherished. Yeah, but you don't accidentally offend it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you just start leaving out a bowl of milk. Just a touch. If anybody would like this, they're welcome to it. Just in case. Just in case. You're thirsty. Fancy a sip. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you're parched. <laughs> just in a little cute dish. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get a brownie dish. That's adorable. I love it. I was, yeah, I was very... Decided this yesterday. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to do brownie. I don't know what that is. I'm going to look it up. And and it just went to a place of so much cuteness. And I was That's just adorable. so happy about it. So. I love it. I didn't know that much about them. Like, I kind of knew. But I didn't know that they were hairy. I thought yeah, they were you just You should look little... up some pictures. We'll have some look good brownie creatures. I'll find They're some cute, cute ones for our deck. I was just imagining a cute little brownie in overalls, but since they don't wear clothes. Oh, yeah. They do not wear clothes. They're just so cute. You freaking out about it? Yeah. They're really, like, just look up some pictures of them. They're just so cute. Oh, cute. With yeah. his little cape. Oh, but that one looks like the Grinch. I don't like that one. Yeah, some of them are weird. Some of them are creepy looking. Like bit. when brownies turn bad. Ew. Yikes. So cute. I yeah, love it. They're fun. They're I fun. I love it. Anyway, thanks for tuning in this week, you guys. And every week, we love you so much. Uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. We finally got Haley to do a video. Mm -hmm. It turned out great. Mm-hmm. Everybody, go comment on <laughs> Haley's TikTok video and encourage her, please, because great. I need her to keep doing them. Um, That's great. But yeah, so check us out. Follow <laughs> us. If you heard something, 
that you think might not be quite right, or if you have some information about it, or if you just want to say, yo, what's up? Send us an email at morethanmythspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow and subscribe, you can do that wherever you podcast because we probably are also there too. Um, If you have a couple minutes and you can just leave a rating or a quick review, we would really love that. We also have a subscription available now. If you guys are able to donate anything monthly from as low as a dollar a month for the show, that would be incredibly helpful. We would use it towards creating the show. And also, we have goals of merch. We have so many stickers that we owe you guys at this point. It's outrageous. So yeah, anything you can give is great. Yeah, anything. No pressure. But if you can. That's amazing because we want to be able to put out a good show. I mean, this is we fully fund this by ourselves. We're just totally independent. So, I mean, we want to give you guys a good show and we want to maybe put stuff on your water bottle or like eventually, you know, maybe there's a tote that has some weird like ship ship on it or something crazy like, you know, like a T-shirt. We'd love to put stuff on your body. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just (laughs) big goals. (laughs) Big goals. Anyway, if you have the means, the links are available through Spotify as well as through anchor.fm. Yep. And you can find everything on our link tree on Instagram. 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 Yep. Anyway, thank you so much for being here this week. Remember to tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your dad. And tell your brownie if it won't offend them. Oh, yeah. Invite your brownie. Until next time, stay curious. Bye.